Hi. Hi. What are we doing today? Conversations with Ask the Pool Girl. I think so. Awesome. And with Ask the Pool Guy. There you go. So what do you got to say today? I'm gonna, you, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you share some of your marvelous insight because if I get started, I'm going to talk a lot. So instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to step back and let you run with this. Have for the first bit. four minutes? You, you can have the first four, I'll have the next 40. No, no I'm sorry. Okay. So thoughts? Thoughts on the pool business, I guess, just kicking off the conversation. You and I had some talks this week about our team, and I have to say, the month of May is typically the busiest for any pool company. I know a lot of construction industry people would have the same thing, that when spring arrives, everything gets rolling. Our team this spring, both on the construction side and on the service side, but especially on the service side, have been working crazy amounts of hours. And we were talking about this today that Mark, our head service guy, likes a crazy amount of hours. And we give him probably almost more than he can handle, but he always handles it. And if he said that, hey guys, this is really too much, you have to scale it back, then we could. I don't know what we would do with all those people. We'd have to hire probably three people to help offset what Mark can do alone, but just crazy amounts of work has gotten done on the service side in the in the last month. As well as on the maintenance side too, not just the service, but specific like pool maintenance. Yeah. That seems to be a growing part. And, Let's talk about and, and that. Look, look and look at the people that are stepping up. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Well, when we build a legendary escape, pools, kind of switching from service a little bit to construction, we use so much concrete and sculpting and coloring and different things like that, that often after a year or two, those need some love because we're in Michigan. We've got the elements. We have winter and freezing and snow and rain and all of that, which if it was a natural stone, it would just wear the stone, but you would still see color coming through. But because we do concrete and then we finish it, it needs a little bit of love and upkeep. Mm -hmm. And before this season started, one of the things that we had talked about was just loving on our pools a little bit. And I know we've gone to some and they've made us a little sad because they really needed some love, but we get Karen and Jesse out there with coloring and with fixing up and these just pools a few hours, just, they just sparkle. look beautiful. So something to remember for our legendary owners is every year or two we're going to need to just you know, spend some love on your pool and that'll breathe freshness back into it. I think what happens, I'm trying to guess why some customers, we don't, we don't get that interaction all the time. Much One of them that we're talking about recently here is just with a few hours of freshening up, it's just a world of difference. And I think the homeowner gets into their mindset that it's just, this is just the way it's going to be. And then next year, it's a little bit more worn down and they don't notice it so much. We notice it because it goes from wow to kind of shabby. Still really, like that particular yard is still fabulously cool, but there's so many shabby parts to it when you when there's not that love, love added to it. And maybe the customer just doesn't know that it's possible maybe because we haven't shared enough that here's what we really would like to do. And it's an inexpensive thing for us to come in and freshen up when you look at the whole scope 
of what a project number one costs, but then the overall maintenance and the use and all of that, it's a really teeny tiny amount of money yeah. for us to just be able to come in there and just in a couple hours, freshen it up. Freshen it up yeah. yeah. Definitely. I know our team as well, and we've talked a lot about the give a shit factor of people on our team. And we have that throughout our entire team right now, which is just beautiful. So we have a couple of newer guys that are on our weekly cleaning team, and their willingness to not only do the weekly cleaning, take it seriously, but also step up into other roles, that's really what I love to see on the service side is people that are willing to say, sure, I can figure that out, or yes, I'll give it a try. And I had just gotten a note from one of those guys earlier this week, and he said, thank you. I enjoy going to work. You make it a fun place to be. And this is a guy who for the last two yeah. days scooped sand out of filter holes this big, and he liked it. Yeah. So that's beautiful. And then on the construction side, I know Jesse spent a little time at the slightly shabby pool giving it a new look and Karen had been there and it was you know hot and they were almost done and Karen said you know I don't think the homeowner cares too much about that so it's good as it is and Jesse said but I'll care so she continued and continued to do what she was doing mm -hmm. instead of cutting the corner going well it's good enough because the yeah. homeowner obviously doesn't seem to worry the fabulous people amazing yeah. people not concerned that's just not yeah. a big concern for them and it's okay yeah. but us seeing it then knowing what it can be and I always visualize what it can be and when I see what it is sometimes it's it's quite disheartening and sad and like the customers thrilled I mean yeah. it's not for, from their end there's no problem but from my end I just like ooh, I want it to be yummier mm -hmm. and that was really cool to have Jesse stand up and go no this is you know I'll care I, I, yeah. I'll notice I'll know the other thing that's interesting and yet a little I wouldn't call it a concern, but when we bring on new people into the company, we know that working for us is often a stepping stone to bigger and to better things else. in their mm -hmm. life. And it's really great when somebody decides bigger and better, like in the case of Karen or Mark, is going to continue to be in to the be pool this. company, mm -hmm. or like we obviously decided the pool mm -hmm. company is the place to be. So Mark on our service team has his littlest brother. Joe working with him this spring on pool openings and to go from zero pool experience to being the grunt on a pool opening team for a hundred plus hours, for 100 a week. hours a week that takes a little bit of determination and especially if the days are long and things are going you know sideways sometimes being able to just withstand that and and do a great job is awesome and I know Mark was talking to me earlier this week that Joe never complained. He does what he needs. He's there, you know, when Mark needs him. So just kudos to that. And I said, okay, great. Do you think he'll come back next year? Because hopefully when somebody has that kind of work ethic, we get to keep them around for a while. At least for a number of years. Knowing that they might move on. But then um, it's the ones who really take to it and decide they like the variety. They mm -hmm. like working outside. They like the environment that especially we're creating in our company. Yeah. That is just phenomenal. Well, playing off of that, I have, I gave you the four minutes, and now I'm going to jump in. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the, last night, I was at the, the wedding for Matthew. Matt worked for us for many years. And at the wedding, his older brother, Michael, who also worked for a few years, did a toast. And in the toast, he talked at length about how much 
the pool company was such an important part of Matt's life. Michael made the statement that it got him through high school and it paid for his college, which was really cool because, you know, you take a young kid and you teach him to work. And everybody, everybody raved about him. All these people I didn't know that were his, his people that, that in, uh, when he's in the military stuff, just, just raved about him. And all these people that I didn't know were talking about him. And then knowing that a good portion of his work ethic and his ability to do all that was a direct result of coming here and busting his butt when there was a job to get done. And one of the, there were two guys there Okay, there were four guys, four of his friends worked for us along the way, but there were two main ones. A couple of them only worked a few days, uh, but two of them, Ari and Jason, were both guys that were with us for summers, at least one full summer each. And I remember watching Matt push these young kids to work their tails off. And it was Matt's ability to say, no, we need to do this, and each of them saying, well, we can't, individually they each work different years and Matt's like yeah we're gonna do this and each of those kids I, I look at Ari today and I look they're not kids anymore they're 30 years old but I look at Ari and I look at Jason and you know and they both talk about how that pushed them to be better pushed them to do more and you know they always rose to Matt's expectation which is really cool to see but we always had high expectations for Matt as well that you do whatever you have to do to get that job done that's in front of you. And I couldn't tell you how many times that got referenced over the weekend. And then the other part is, I was thinking that as I saw a whole group of nephews and nieces and all that, they've all, almost all of them have had a stint through here, have worked, whether it's a summer job in the store for some of the girls, or now the girls on the crew, and all of my nephews, and, and they, they've all had this part play the part in this really cool thing that we have and it's left marked noticed impressions on who and what they are so I thought that was really cool but the other half of it you know on the labor side is really cool we were gonna go set up what was that Friday morning mm -hmm. Matt had come to me last fall and said hey Uncle Elk, you know, I, we want to do this outdoor, our wedding is supposed to be outdoors and we want to make a little more rustic. Do you have any, you know, can you find me some wine barrels? And he's like, I'll, I'll pay for them and then you get to keep them, you just need to find them. And of course he wanted five or six of them and I get 30 of them because, you know, we, we just in case he wants more. And uh, I wasn't going to make him pay for them. That was kind of, that was going to be our part kind of. And we ended up loading up 21 of them on the trailer and bringing them there. And then all of the stuff that I lovingly get to collect. You know, just the stuff that we have here, the little boxes and all the doodads and doohickeys and all of that stuff. And then we wanted to do the lights, do a little lighting. Because this was like a rustic wedding uh, on an old tree farm, not really any lights around. There was a building that had some lights, but then the tent had its own. And then it's all dark. So the idea was, why don't we do barn lanterns and just hook up some LED lights and go get some nine volt batteries and, and make them all work. Not, not, no one expected that, we just thought we'd do it. Well, we're here Friday morning after we loaded up, making those lights. And I, I know the conversation, me, you, and Katie, and Jesse were in the back, office back there. And 
was it Katie having the conversation where she said it's easy for us or something that to be able to pull this off for anyone else would have been monumental to try to find this stuff and then figure out how to you know then you got to collect 15 20 barn lanterns and then you you know it was just monumental for most people that just even conceived doing that and Katie had made a made a comment during that while we we're putting these things together that that this is easy because it's easy for us and we positioned ourselves to make those kind of things easy and so Jesse and I bring the stuff out there it's an hour and a half drive we get out there at 1 30 in the afternoon and fortunately we're there we could help set up doing all that Friday and we started putting all this stuff out and all of a sudden this very pretty property with this massive white tent really got charm and it got a feel and we had so many people so 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 many people talk to us or say say stuff about wow it really made it and we had all these barrels because we could have had four or five barrels and been done with it but by having 21 he they lined them up on two sides of the of the tent with lights on each one of them and there was a display there was there's several of them it was all displayed the the whole arch where they got married we had decorated we we'd put we brought rope and we had horse yokes and we had all that stuff and barn lanterns hanging and so the million dollar question did you get pictures somebody did i didn't uh, but it was but it was very cool because the the wedding was they they were all in cowboy boots the the, the men had jeans and and uh vest on and the women each had each of the girls standing had uh different colored dresses with cowboy boots and so it kind of worked the whole theme and it took nothing to do and yet matt afterwards well actually after we had set up he said you have no idea you know number one i heard that from everybody that it would just it just worked made it all that much better but he said they had talked to somebody about doing some decorating or something and and it was can be like six to eight thousand dollars just to do this little dress up. And I thought, you know, we pulled it off in a couple hours of of what we normally do, and added lighting and added all that stuff for nothing. I, really, in terms of cost, sure we bought the barrels, which you're going to use for something else anyway. I mean, that was the intent; wasn't just for that; it was for other things. But in terms of specific for that event, I bought nine volt batteries. We had all the barn lanterns, we had all the LED lights, we had all the fittings and all the stuff. I brought, bought three cans for $3.50 a piece of the, the frosted glass just so we could frost the outsides. I didn't even take the time to frost the inside. It was temporary. We can do that later when we need to use the barn lanterns for something. So, you know, a couple sets of batteries, a couple things of spray paint, and a little bit of time. Really, that was my investment into this, you know, which he kept saying was, easily your six to eight thousand dollars of decorating and I thought that was really kind of cool because it it helped me recognize all the more the unique position that we're in with our company because we were thinking long game having this stuff isn't about just the next project or just the next moment it's about having it when opportunity arises so I have a wedding uh, coming up in two weeks now of one of my nieces and she asked me last night, she said, well, would you decorate my wedding? I'm like, well, what are you looking for? And I, I have no idea what their style is. I have no idea what they want. And I said, well, I'll, I'll certainly can do something. What, you know, what do you need? And so I'm going to go out there that couple days before the wedding and come up with something for her. But it's that idea that 
it's not hard if you position yourself to make it easy. That would be monumental. They going and going to Michael's and buying all of your own little crates and coloring them, and would, that that would just be this monumental task. That's just to decorate the tables, but to put these vignettes together would be for most people a really difficult thing, and people just don't understand what we do because it was so big. And to me, no, it's just this is what I do. This is what I love to do, and that's what I get to do. And someone had made a comment, well, you should start a business because you not only have the stuff, but you have the design ability, you have the eye for it, and you have the, no, I don't want to do that. Well, we already have a business. Oh, we do, but I mean specific to setting up wedding venues and stuff. Oh, I could see you enjoying that day in yeah, and day oh, out. Oh, that would be thrilling. You, Me of all You people. always wonder what to do when you're done in the pool industry, mm -hmm. I guess, wedding planning. It's just right up your alley. Well, it is really kind of interesting. Just kidding. Uh, it, it's it's really amazing though, and it gets to Uncle Al, the wedding planner. Yeah, go creepy Uncle Al. They, uh, it, it's really interesting to live in that sort of juicy, savory part of life, and that's what I call this. Is I don't know how many people said, "Where do you get this stuff?" Even a guy this morning as we're loading up, "Where do you get all this stuff?" Well, let's see. And I start listing off the types of places because most people would just not stop to look. Garage sales, antique malls, you know, flea markets, uh, auctions, you name it. See something on the side of the road and stop and ask and you just don't know. You just don't know if someone's ready to sell it or not and they may be desperate for the money and they have no idea that that bell sitting in the front yard they could sell. They just don't know that. The reason I say that is there's a bell hanging in a front yard that I've been passing every time I go to Bay City, it is a massive bell. I'm like, I'm gonna have to stop someday because they might need to sell that. I don't know, it's just, I don't know what I would do with it, but it would be the coolest, a bell this big around hanging on a post or something would be really cool. But you just never know. So. Well, another sore spot that we could poke at a little bit here today is having cool stuff and finding out that there was a guy just up the road oh. from you that had train, Cabooses. Cabooses in his he yard. He lives on my road a mile and a half north of me. And he scrapped. And he scrapped one of them. Two years ago. Two years ago. A perfectly, wonderfully, literally salvageable train caboose. At the same time, or thereabouts slightly after that, here's me going to look at a fully restored one and trying to wanting to buy it at an auction, thinking, how could I move it? How could I do anything? And here's a case where they scrapped it right from in front of my face and I would never have known it's there. I still can't even imagine. I, I, I asked him and I said to the guy that if I could come back there and look at the other one, he said, of course. And uh, yeah, who knew? It's sad. When I think about how cool that would have been to just gotten the carcass, even if they had already ripped the caboose apart, we could have moved it and then rebuilt something on it. I mean, that would have been the easy part all the rest of the stuff was there and uh, who knew sometimes you just so fun fact out. if you watch this or listen to our podcast and you know of interesting stuff anywhere point it out to us because we don't want Al to miss an opportunity oh, like exactly. that again yeah and, and you if just you hear of anybody you know with a caboose in their backyard and they need to scrap it like or just interesting stuff point it in his direction yeah. they're just interesting stuff 
I mean, there's there's so much to be said for keeping your eye open to opportunity and not knowing why. That's part of this. We've been on this long game, short game kick, game kick here for a while, helping, trying to get other people in our marketing groups and stuff to think long game and short game. And we realize we need money immediately. And so many businesses get desperate for that immediate fix because they have a thing to do. They have a thing they need it for. And they really... They, they kind of cut their nose off despite their face because they're looking so close that they're not realizing what can be. And part of us looking for cool and interesting items is we don't know exactly what the next project's going to be. We don't even know what the next adventure's going to be. Because just like this little thing that we did this weekend could turn into an opportunity of, you know, I, someone made comment about providing for movies and you know and that's not my interest either but I like interesting objects I like interesting things and you just never know where those kind of things can lead and when people see that you have it the looks just driving down the road today and Friday with this 21 foot you know load of barrels and then a truck full of wagon wheels and stuff hanging out and people love it they don't know where to get it. They don't want it. They don't want to go find it themselves. They just want it sometimes just for that cool little accent piece. And and it's neat to sort of just have it. And it's a pain in the butt because like you said, we're functional hoarders. Is We have all kinds of stuff. But when you put the stuff to use, that's when you realize how functional we really are with our stuff. How functional the hoarding is. Yeah. Great. And it's all done. it's all done by design. I don't, I mean, I do like things, but I don't keep things, I mean, someone, oh, the, the bride this morning said, oh, I'm so sorry all your stuff got wet, because it rained all night last night. I'm like, it's stuff, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just stuff, if you want it, you take it, you know, I, I don't, I don't have ownership of things that I have to have held forever in my hands. This is all fleeting because it goes from here into that project over there and then I get to love on this thing and it goes over there and hangs on a wall and this goes over here and so in the moment of it it's really cool and then in the next moment it belongs to someone else used in a set of steps or used under this or in a tree or wherever and again that's the juicy stuff for me I really like that because I love the buying I love the hunt I love the finding and then I love the repurposing and using. How could we use this thing in a cool and different way? So. Cool. Well, on that note, I did get to talk for four minutes. Al talked for more. Another, an, an, a little bit more. And we'll see you again next time. Possibly yes. from a pool in Portland, Oregon. That sounds like awesome stuff. Yeah. Very cool.